A pandemic of violence floods the streets of major cities as cases of the media dubbed murder virus, MV20 soar, causing those infected to go on killing sprees. Caught in the middle, police detective Angela Miller finds her only trustworthy ally in the self-proclaimed psychic PI, Gerald Henry. As the two try to navigate the violence, they are drawn into new age guru, Abra Mellon Harvest's plot to heal the planet. Harvest's missive? The world is sick, and humanity is the infection. The cure? Murder. From the twisted mind of Sean C. Baker, author of A Collection of Desires, and Shadowplay in Book One, Kim and Jesse, comes his most vicious novel yet, Murder Virus. Available where books are sold. Welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I am Slime Pit Sean. And I am Arachnid Anthony. <laughs> what a terrifying Tori. I can't. <laughs> and I'm Ravaging Ray. Oh, sexy. <laughs> the last time I heard Ravaging, it was when we had Rue McClanahan on the show, when it was Ravaging Rue McClanahan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was going much more like a like Conan death kind of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, well, so was she. Oh, hey. hey. Oh, my hey. <laughs> Your world ain't been rocked till, until it's been rocked by Blanche Devereaux. <laughs> See, I picked more of a B. Arthur kind of guy, but... Well, you know. Who's not? I mean, that's just, you know, goes without saying. Guys, what's up? Welcome to um horror, horror more, vision. More horror. More horror. So uh listeners, we have a treat for you and we have seen well, I mean pr- probably a bunch of listeners have too, not like we got some advanced special screening, but so we we're going to talk about The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. So it's kind of the big title, I guess, this week. I know I've spoken to many people out in the world or on the interwebs that were excited about its release. I was not excited. I hated the sequel. Um, I mean, like really hated it. So let's talk about that first. So first of all, out of everybody here, is do you guys, starting, I'm going to go Anthony, Tory, Ray. Anthony, do you consider yourself a fan of, of the Conjuring movies or any of them in particular or fuck them all or what? Uh, I really like the first Conjuring. And I, I've said before, where I'm like, this is the film that kind of, you know, reminds me the most of Poltergeist. Like I would say that this is on the same level. In fact, um, as far as it's offshoots, I may have seen one or two of the Annabelle films and those are just dorky. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dolls, dolls and fucking flying dishes and shit. Don't scare me. So it's just not my thing. Um, I haven't seen the nun. Uh, thanks to Tori's review of it, which was off camera earlier, I'm I am going to go check that one out. And uh, that's Max also. 
Uh, but with I, I'm not really not sure what else is in the series other than than those films. But I mean, the second Conjuring, I I despised, I fucking loathed, and yeah. I was terrified to go into this third film. And I'm, you know, quite surprised at, at uh, what we ended up getting out of it. Sorry, Tori, what do you think? Are you a fan I, of the series in general? I mean, series in general, no, uh, because only two have been good: uh, the first one and the Nun. Uh, yeah, the scariest part of Conjuring 2 is Patrick Wilson singing a cover of an Elvis song. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Things Elvis. I, I think I have successfully ejected every single aspect of that movie from my brain because I remember none of it. None of it. Like literally none of it is gone. And I watched it like a year ago. So. Oh, yeah, that's that's probably the scariest part. It's uh I think I fell asleep in the theater. <laughs> that movie. Wow. <laughs> uh, I've seen only one Annabelle, and it's forgettable at best. Um, yeah, the Nun's great. I recommend that. That's about it. Ray, what do you what do you think? I have not seen a single one. Um, really? oh, interesting. Okay. You know what it is? I, it's. I, you know, no one has any, I, mean, I haven't heard anyone say anything that like has really made me like go like, oh, I got to watch that. Um, I haven't heard like anyone rave about it. I haven't heard anyone be like, those are the best. You got to watch them. Um, and as far as even the Annabelles, like I, I, I'm a hard sell as it is on the haunted childlike objects um for me to get to sit down and watch them like and i i guess that even counts like the child's play movies i saw the first yeah. one as a kid, but beyond that like ah i i know i saw the second one at some point i don't remember it um i didn't see any of the others i know that as the, as the series goes on at least with those they tend to be a little bit more of the um tongue-in-cheek kind of thing which might actually motivate me to see them because of that. Um, but from what I heard about the Conjuring movies, like they take themselves very seriously. And yet like they have these faults in like acting and things like that. And like, I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna, because there's horror, there's certainly a lot of horror that does that. But I feel like if you're gonna do that, like it should be tongue in cheek. Like you should be like nodding to the audience. Like, yeah, we know the acting's not good, but you know, it's laughable. And that's well, why it's I, I will say I can't fault Vera Farmiga is awesome in every fucking thing she's in. So she's never a weak link. And I actually think, is it, is it Patrick Wilson is, plays Ed? Yeah. He's yeah. fantastic too. So as far as the three conjuring movies, I think the first one is worth your time. Okay. Um, I've talked here as I think both, you know, Anthony and Tori also have talked here about what we see as its shortcomings, but overall, I think it's a really solid, I mean, you know what? Like, am I gonna? Is is it as good as something like, um, like I, I'm, I, I don't agree. And you know, all respect the poltergeist thing. I don't agree with it being on the same level. I think, I definitely think that was a, you know, a major motion picture from a major studio at that time. So in that regard, yeah, because when you're talking studio horror, Hollywood horror, it's gonna be, it's just gonna be different, right? You're never gonna stack it up against something like. You know, I don't know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, you know, so many of the other demons or just anything that we love. Right. But um, 
the first one's worth your time. It's good, and there's some legitimately scary fucking moments in it. Like really, re- and it's all just acting. So okay. I think the acting in that in that one's solid. Um, Conjuring and the first Insidious, the first Conjuring and, and first Insidious, I think are two of the scariest movies that have come out recently. Like actually scary, not just jump scare. Yeah, yeah, they invest the time in building actual frightening like set yeah. pieces instead of just oh, oh, oh my god the cat jumped at me and i thought it was a demon are the insidious connected to this because i've seen no but it's a, it's a, it's the same it's all blumhouse right oh, i think okay. oh wait it's, no this is... say again tori it's james wan yeah that's what it oh. is okay because actually I, I don't think conjuring's not blumhouse actually i don't think is it i don't know fingers the first the first Annabelle movie is fucking awful. The second one I have heard good things about. I'm not ready to see it. But, you know, the funny thing is, you know what they did? They brought in David Sandberg, who is famous. He's that, like, I showed at least race his short films years ago. And then he got brought to Hollywood and made Lights Out. Lights Out was like his big short. It was like him and his girlfriend or wife, like in, um, where's uh, Ikea from? Is that? Sweden. Yeah. And, and he would actually do these short films and then talk about, he'd put up videos about how he made them and he'd always be like, Ikea is great. But he was in Sweden. He, they made, you know, these shorts or whatever. He got brought to Hollywood. He did Lights Out and then he got brought in and did that second Conjuring. And I've heard that it's it's actually, or, I mean, I'm sorry, the second Annabelle. I've heard that it's really good. First one's just so fucking bad. Oh, man. So, on to the current one. On to the current one. Um, Tori, what do you think of Conjuring 3? I, uh, your textbook exorcist movie. <laughs> I mean, there are great scenes in it. Um, cool lighting, but I, I mean, I don't regret spending my time watching it, but it was, it was okay. You were you were happy to watch it at home on HBO Max as opposed to spending money and going to a theater. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> kind of bummed. Uh, not mad, but a little like, oh, okay. <laughs> I could have I could have saved the money. Did you think that it was as far as let, let's just as far as just the Conjuring's, not necessarily all the spinoffs, but would you say you liked it? So you obviously, I'm going to guess you still like Conjuring one the best, as I, I'm going to assume all all three of us do. Oh, definitely the first one, then the third one, then the second one. Okay. The beginning of it, it's just really dark. I could again, I don't know if it's my eyes screwing up. I couldn't see a lot of it. It was like Alien versus Predator two. The movie's so damn dark. You're you don't even know what's going on. Um. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's just kind of the same thing, and it's and it wasn't really scary, but there was some cool lighting. There's a scene where um, the girlfriend is sitting on the bed mm-hmm. of the of Arnie um, when he is in the hospital, mm-hmm. and it's got this exorcist like when Marin is at the door light beam thing, but it was kind of like this amber lighting. Mm-hmm and it kind of showed her silhouette and the silhouette of the bed and and the gentleman strapped on the bed and I thought that was a beautiful kind of wide shot 
so it had some stuff going for it but again i I mean, watch it, guys, if you're a completist, but otherwise, you're not, yeah. Fair it's enough. not much. Yeah. Anthony, what'd you think? Not horrifying, not scary, but fascinating. And uh, it's very topical with a lot of stuff in media that I've been, I've been following and uh, reading and listening to lately. So it, it fell in line with that. And so I was like, okay, well, this is just the perfect time for this film to kind of enter my life. Um, I thought it was cool. It was well acted. Um, yeah, like y'all said, really well lit. <laughs> uh, there was some shooting sequences that were pretty cool. Um, but I mean, beyond that, it's, uh, it's, it is very run of the mill, like modern day exorcist film. You know, it, it, it does go beat for beat and it's very tropey by, you know, today's standards. Um, but with that being said, as far as it being a better entry than the second film, yes, I think we're all unanimous in the, the tier list of, you know, yeah. one through two. Um, but I mean, I, and I've said this a thousand times before, if you're already paying for the service and you like those types of film, I recommend it. I think it. I think it's effective. Yeah. Um, I think it's creepy where it needs to be. I mean, you know, just somebody who's well seasoned, I'm not, I, again, it's not terrifying or scary to me, but um, for, for, you know, uh, I guess beginner horror, you know, beginner folks or, or, you know, just, uh, people that are getting into the, the genre. It's, it's, it's pretty creepy. And, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, uh, just, you know, uh, it's, it's play on, you know, your religious views or what have you, but it's, it's a good film. I thought it was, I thought it was done well, especially for one that's not directed by James Wan. I'm not sure. I can't remember the guy's name offhand, but, uh, it's Chavez, um, Chavez, I'm but it, not familiar with him. Chavez or something. Um, what did uh, well, so the director is yeah, Michael Chavez, and he, oh, he did Curse of La Lorna, which I believe was also in some way a spin. I've heard it's a spinoff, I don't know how it was a spinoff, and I, I was totally uninterested. Um, I think just that it's Blumhouse, that's all it is, but it, I don't think they're connected. Okay, I, I thought they were, but but I don't know why I thought that, so I'm probably wrong. Um, what if I may ask, so what? about conjuring three the devil made me do it fell in line with what you're what else you're consuming like what was the dovetail there uh, i've been watching a lot of satanic or re listening rather to a lot of stuff on satanic panic lately and this falls in line with you know story-wise with, with what's the stuff i've been consuming uh there's a couple of podcasts i actually sent one to you recently yeah what is what is, are the podcast is what cults. is it again cults. Cults. cults yeah and um, yeah, it does. Like, I think they, they did like a four, a four episode run of Satanic Panic, so it's like four hours of you know really cool material on uh, cult activity and you know, I guess you call it Satanic activity in the, in the you know late eighties or I'm sorry, oh, uh, full Satanic, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so so seeing some of, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. It just came out this weekend. I'm not going to get into too many details on it. It does have. Uh, uh, it has to do with you know Satan, Satan. <laughs> and uh, you know that's always a fun topic for myself and yeah, uh, for, a, for a few uh, you know like-minded friends here. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, so it, like I said, it just it just clicked well with that, and uh, and again, that's where the fascination part for me, you know, comes in and, and kept me interested. Right. Okay, I like that. 
I went into The Conjuring 3 expecting to fucking hate it because I dislike 2 so much. And also, Friday night is Joe Bob night. So I wanted to try and watch Conjuring 3 before today for the podcast. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not, not watching Joe Bob and I had to work this morning. So I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do this. Well, Joe Bob helped me out because he played movies that I was like, I can't oh, watch this. God. Yeah. I'm not even going to go into it. It was the VHS night. Now I'm going to go back and watch things. Cause I caught the last 20 minutes and I was at least interested, but. Joe Bob every season does this thing. And it, it sometimes it's one night. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, you get one movie and then you get one terrible movie. Um, he really tests your love for him. He does this. It's like, if this is a relationship, like, you know, there's nights where he takes us out for lobster and winds us and dined us. And we're like, oh, okay, this is great. And there's other nights where he basically throws us a 7-Eleven hot dog and then tries to come at us with the rhino dildo. And you're like, yeah, God, that's a, hell, man. That's a good analogy. Um, <gasps> definitely. I mean, I, I love him for, you know what? Here's the thing. The people that made both those movies, he just, if they're still alive, he made their fucking life by showing those last night. So, I cool, you know, I digress. I, I was like, fuck this. I put on The Conjuring. And so now I already think I'm going to hate it. And I'm kind of disgruntled. The opening scene really was the first time now in a while where I was watching it and it's dark, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, fuck. I wish I was stoned out of my mind watching this in the movie theater right now because I feel like it would be a much more visceral experience. Like it actually started to win me over. And then, you know, regardless of even number two, which I despised, Vera Farmiga is amazing and Patrick Wilson is great. So I don't ever have a problem with them. And so, you know, we go from that opening set piece with the, with it opens with an eight-year-old boy who's possessed. That's not a spoiler. I feel like that's in everything I've read about the movie since I watched it. So, but then you kind of go back and they didn't do the thing. They, and in fact, I felt like they were talking directly to the people that hated the second movie because the second movie was so much in their fucking, you know, their little museum room. And I just felt like the whole second movie, the little bit I remember of it is not specific, but that they were just trying to touch on enough relics to spin off movies right and in this one there's a whole thing where there's a sequence where they're like trying to convince this lawyer to go for somebody with a, a he was possessed like plea for like a, a murder case and she's like nobody will ever you can't even convince me and they're like why don't you come to our house for dinner and we'll show you annabelle and we'll see how you feel and so now i'm thinking oh here we go we're going back to the fucking room they didn't even show it and i'm like you know what i i appreciate the fact that i feel like you're talking directly like, they're like Hey, you, we heard you. <laughs> John C. Baker. This is for you. <laughs> and, and I mean, like, I don't know. So from there, like I, all of the set pieces I liked, none of them were scary, but there was levels of intensity. The lighting, as everybody here has said, I, th I thought the lighting was fucking fantastic because, and now like Tori said, it was so dimly lit that she couldn't see it. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I was saying before we started rolling tape, I had just gotten my, like an eye doctor. I was at the eye doctor right before I watched the movie and they dilated my fucking pupils. So like, to me, I could see everything. Now, I don't know if that's because my eyes were dilated so so wide or if it was whatever. But um, I really appreciated 
there's a sequence where it's ed and he, whatever his like the helper guy is they, it's like they split up like lorraine has to go talk to somebody it's near the end of the movie and then ed and this guy are, are like going through a map and like going through files trying to find connections with something and it like so many other scenes where all the lighting is this like dim orange yellow um 70s lighting like very hooded you know like recessed and I felt like I'm looking at the scene and I'm like, I know that there's more lighting in this scene, but I don't see any of it. I only see the lamps. And I thought that was like really, really good. And it, and so, yeah, we're talking about a lot about the lighting, but for a movie like this, where it's not really that scary. So it's all about the characters and, you know, building this intensity and, and the intensity is the atmosphere. And I thought they nailed it. All of the exteriors of the houses were fucking great. Tori, you mentioned that, that kind of nod with the lighting um, to the exorcist. Did you yeah. catch the one at the beginning when the fucking priest shows up? I'm like, Oh my God, this is totally the exorcist right here, but not, not enough to like, they, they didn't restage it as other movies. I feel like have, right. Yeah. Like it's such an iconic shot that you see the t-shirt, but it was their own version of it. But so, yeah, there was, there was a lot about, I liked, I will say, Lorraine's like being able to do psychic shit is starting to make me feel like I'm watching an X-Files movie or I'm sorry, an X-Men movie where like she does some shit where I'm like, okay, Jean Grey, like take it easy or like burst into the Phoenix, Phoenix and kill everyone. But I, I, I don't know. I would definitely say anybody that liked number one, regardless of how you feel about any, any of the other movies in the franchise, if you like number one or you like the insidious movies or any of the, this kind of Blumhouse James Wan shit, I, I thought this was good. I mean, I'd give it a solid three stars and maybe that's because I expected to fucking hate it. I don't know. But yeah, I liked it. All right. Now, one more thing. On. One, oh, yeah, more, thing. Please, one please. more thing. From the lighting to the soundtrack. And we were talking about this a little earlier. Which yes, thank you. Really, really thank strange. You. So if you, you know, go all the way to the end of the film and you're watching, you know, the credits roll, it goes into, you know, soundtrack listing. There are four songs from the Sicario Day of the Soledad soundtrack. <laughs> uh, five songs from the Purge soundtrack. Two from the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Two from the soundtrack of End of Days. I'm sure we all remember that one. Oh, uh, you get, there's one song from Mama. One song from Arctic starring Mads Mikkelsen. If you haven't seen that, it is a fantastic film. One track from 1917. And one song from the Daredevil soundtrack. Now, I don't know what went on here budget-wise. I guess maybe they couldn't pay anybody to score the film properly. Um, but they borrowed from a lot of films. You don't notice it. It seems very cohesive in, in, as far as track selection. Just really weird. Thought I'd mention all that. It's worth mentioning. And I will say, when you told me that earlier um, off camera, I, I mentioned I had been thinking but got distracted and didn't go back. I, like... I wonder who did the music because Joey Bashara, I believe, did the original, the, the first Conjuring. I don't know who did two, but and Bashara did, you know, like Insidious and in Insidious, he is the Darth Maul demon. Um, and I, I love the guy because he did Mike Mendez's Convent. So I've been a fan since then. Um, but it makes sense, Anthony, that you say, and I love that you say you don't notice any of this because you know what? The music was there. And I think this is, I don't know if this is a testament that I ended up liking this movie and it apparently didn't need to have music or if 
that's bad but like i don't remember anything about the music there was never a point where the music grabbed me whatsoever it's weird i you that's usually a first thing and instead this movie it's the lighting is like all i can talk about so yeah. i don't know maybe joey bashar did the fucking lighting right yeah <laughs> yeah very weird sean you were saying though please continue oh no i was just i was gonna move on so so tori before you do black roses and i know you want to do black roses and i want to hear you do because i try i couldn't even make it through the trailer like seriously, Kirsten, I turned the trailer off. I was like, no. Ray, what have you watched recently, sir? Oh, okay. Well, let me see. He wasn't ready. Well, no, no, no. I got one. Okay, I got one that I saw, and um, I think I w- was going to mention it during the last episode, but I didn't. Um, so I'll bring up that one. Um, fried berry that hit uh, Shutter. It's a lot of fun. It's um, at first it, it, I, I was like, I turned it on and I immediately shut it off because I was not prepared. I thought it was a foreign film that I was going to have subtitles the entire time. It's South African. So the, the wife is speaking South Africans a lot in the film or Afrikaans. And then, um, but the rest of the movie, that doesn't happen. And uh, it's, Oh my goodness. It's like in the skin, but it's a funny version. With that's a, a good way to say it. Yeah, that's a really good way to say it. It's the alien that is, is the person that's being inhabited. Well, you mean um, under the under the skin with Scarlett Johansson? And I'm sorry, under the skin. Totally different for me. Sorry, I'm all the bar. Um <laughs> it, yeah, it's very much like under the skin, but it's 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 a lot more comedic. And um, and instead of this just like a regular woman, it's this drug addict. And uh yeah like it's got this like techno soundtrack and like um just a, an alien being inhabited by a human who go and going around and doing a lot of fucked up shit <laughs> but it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun as i fucking loved fried berry yeah and like i apparently because joe bob ran it as part of his show and like one of the things he talked about was that it was apparently based on and i think sean talked about it before but that it was based on a short and because the guy who plays Barry is not a professional actor. So he was like, God, how do I get away with no. doing this? So the guy that plays Barry is actually a stuntman. He's a yeah. long time stuntman slash actor. So he's been in a lot of things that you wouldn't realize. Like um, if you were watching the History Channel, like a Viking documentary, he was more than likely a Viking. So this was his first time to like show off his stunt work with his acting but he's been around for a while and he's got kind of a, a pretty good amount of credits to his name. Nice. But yeah, it's, I, despite the fact that he doesn't talk, it works. And like, it's really entertaining. It's crazy. Um, you know, I, I, the whole child killer abduction scene really threw me for a loop. I was like, is that what, what's suddenly happening? Okay, cool. And um I mean, and, and everyone seems to be horny in the film for no good reason. Everyone's well, just I, like, I think bad. he's emitting. He's emitting something that's that's creating that. I'm pretty is, sure that's. Is that he's emitting it because it doesn't? It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily even work just so that people want to have sex with him. Like people just tend to have sex around him too. Well, I think because he's exploring, and his whole point is to like kind of spread the alienness. I mean, what better way sex? And then he keeps seeing it on TV, like the love story 
uh, you know, TV's kind of teaching him what to do in that movie. I think he's just picking up on what he's just seeing. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tori, what, so uh, talk, talk about it a little bit more. What did you, what else did you get from Friedberry? It's definitely the director. It's, he's doing a big nod to movies he loves. Like it's, there's so many influences in it. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, oh, yeah. A Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Definitely. Uh, there's a big nod to like Explorers. Um, Oh, shit what else uh natural born killers there's a big nod to it he has kind of a nod to back to the future there's a lot of things that he's tipping the cap to some are subtle some aren't so subtle but i loved it i loved how this alien is making this human better person he is like barry improves he does as the movie goes on so to me it's like the alien made him a better human and just from an alien trying to discover a new planet i like to me at the end i was like oh my like so happy and like full of joy because <laughs> of what he went through and kind of him come closing up all of these ties that he had on earth i thought it was great and kind of joyful yeah. it's not what i expected i expected some like crazy drug fueled constantly not so funny or tongue-in-cheek i thought it was going to take itself more seriously but it was a really pleasant surprise i yeah. really recommend it. i thought it was great i will say one of the things that i really liked about it and my viewing was kind of fractured i did the joe bob as well and uh part part of my understanding of this came from what joe bob was saying how this was like a 15 minute short film that that really got a lot of ground for director Ryan Kruger. It's not and, even 15 minutes. It's like a three minute short. Okay. So he had used uh, Gary Green, who's not yeah. an actor. He's a stuntman, right? But he's very yeah. visual. Right? So when he gets the chance to make a feature, he's he can't not use this guy, right? Because this guy is Fried Berry. He's part of like his, his physiology is the movie in a way. He's like Berryman, you will know him because of this like beautiful, distinguished, you know, uh, appearance. Yeah, definitely, uh, absolutely, one hundred percent, exactly. But the fact that he can't act, he's not an actor. It's not that he can't act; he's not an actor. So now Ryan Kruger, as a director, is like, "Fuck, I have to make a feature-length film with this guy." So, because I think the short is just about a guy that shoots heroin and has all these like weird like hallucinations or whatever, right? And honestly, watching the short. I couldn't tell you what it was about if I didn't know already. I've been like, it's somebody freaking the fuck out. I wouldn't have been like, yeah, it's an alien taking this dude's body for a ride. I don't, I don't think the short is an alien. I think it's literally just about just this him. dude. But so then I think Ryan Kruger was like, fuck, how the fuck do I use the fact, that, how do I use this not actor as, an, as the lead actor in this movie? Well, what better fucking, and I think I re, this is what really made me like the movie is I love the way he thought around the problem. And that's, okay, well, if I make it about an alien that's not human and doesn't know how to act as a human, taking over a human's body and going through all the shit in this movie, it behooves me to have somebody that's not an actor because he doesn't know how to carry him. Like, it's, it's a beautiful solution 
to what would otherwise be, I think, a crippling problem that would have led to a complete mess. And yeah. instead, he he like rose to the occasion and he worked smarter, not harder. <laughs> it sounds stupid as that sounds. No, like, it, it does not sound stupid. That is exactly right. So I mean, Ryan Kruger, fuck, dude. I mean, wow. Dude, I found out a really fun fact about that movie, guys. And it's not really a, it's not really a spoiler. So um, one of my favorite characters are the two characters at the end of the mental hospital. Not Martini, mm-hmm. but like, I'm going to escape mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and tell him I couldn't make it. Okay, so fun fact that same director did another short movie about those two dudes oh really and in the short movie it explains that they're really time travelers so the dudes weren't really fucking lying (laughs) oh wow that's fucking awesome (laughs) wow that's really cool yeah so uh, like this dude has already kind of made this little universe for himself um and i think that's great and even in the movie, you could tell he's used the same set over again. So, like, utilizing your budget, that's... Yeah. That's great. You can't... Wow. Else. All right, Anthony, what do you got? I read the new issue or latest issue of The Silver Coin, Girls of Summer by Kelly Thompson and Michael Walsh. Sean, have you read it? Yes. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Nothing you haven't heard before. Little girl gets uh, picked on. She's a horror fan. She hangs out at home, watches scary movies. Mom comes in. Hey, you're going to camp tomorrow. You shouldn't be watching that stuff. Uh, packs up, goes to camp. She is definitely the odd girl out. She gets picked on by everybody there. And, um, well, <laughs> she hears a story about a murderer who used to live in a shack in the woods. They, uh, you know, kind of tell scary stories about the campfire about her or about him rather and uh that he's probably long dead etc cetera, etc cetera. girl you know gets picked on ha- has enough goes wandering off in the woods finds the shack where this guy used to live finds this big satanic altar <laughs> and finds a hatchet that has the silver coin in it mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know about the story uh, or the storylines, rather. Silver coin is an accursed object, uh, much like a lament configuration, kind of makes a dream come true, but also gives you a very bad, you know, adverse effect with it as well, uh, i.e. like Wishmaster, you can make a wish and wish it goes master. really fucking awry later, but you do get what you want, maybe, you know, all of the gate too as well. Um, but yeah, so she finds the shack of a serial killer, uh, picks up the machete for the satanic altar that he has. And those who have read the, the previous issue notice that there's the silver coin embedded in the, uh, the, the handle of the machete. And um, so basically, all of a sudden, uh, she's what looks like is, is murdered in the shack. And the killer is now stalking the woods. The killer is out. Uh, you get these, you know, this, these great uh, panels with, you know, all these bratty girls getting chopped up and hacked in bits. Yeah. And then the last uh, blow, I think, to one of the ladies' skulls or something like that, one of the girls' skulls knocks the coin loose and the silver coin rolls off onto like a log into the middle of the lake to be found again by somebody else. And uh, I'm really looking for the next issue. Uh, I thought I wasn't going to like this one because it's just, again, it's one of those things that's just beat for beat. 
and it's it's, well, it's summer camp point, right it's just it was executed so fucking exactly but it was executed so fucking well it was just like man this is nope. good i i no really can't wait to, to read the next one yeah but it was it's fucking solid heavy metal i'm sorry <laughs> it's like the green orb and heavy metal yeah so there's there's yeah there's only like two things that tie or that are recurring in the in the in the issues so far and it's those who have read it know there's the crow, there's a little crow that yells no all the time that kind of warns you don't don't take the fucking coin and the coin. But so far it's it's a really cool anthology of series and um, Chris has talked about it before, uh, I believe on the other podcast. Yeah, we talked about it on Most Horrible Library I think a couple times. Um, what's that? What's that title again called? Uh, a Most Horrible Library. Goddamn right, people go listen. <laughs> So, um, also, I'll point out, so I didn't realize it at first, but um, the thing that ties, so it's because it's Chip Zdarsky wrote one or two of these, and then I think it's Kelly Thompson wrote this one, right? Is that the right? And I I, I forget who's writing the next one. Oh, Lemire. Jeff Lemire is writing the next one, I believe. The, The person that ties all this together is Michael Walsh, and I think he's one of these guys, Chris and I were talking about this on a most horrible library. I was unfamiliar with him, but I don't think I was like, I think he's just somebody I've seen his art for years and didn't realize, you know, he wasn't a name that I followed, but we interviewed Jeremy Hahn who did red mother and the realm and uh, the beauty. We interviewed him a couple months ago on a most horrible library. So I started following Jeremy and he posted uh, like between the two issues of the silver coin oh i finally got it and it's michael walsh's sleep stories and it, it's a graphic novel so you can read michael walsh's sleep stories online for free and then now it's collected as well so, and so the, he's the artist that d- is doing all the silver coins so he's a and that's a kickstarter thing right now right that's not i don't think that's going to be available in stores because i saw a solicitation for it i think it's a kickstarter and it's for the first issue that's going to be I think they're pushing a 32 page book, but yeah. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So that's a solicitation that, that I saw. So yeah, it is available for free online, but for a physical copy, it's one of those ones where you got to shell. I think it's like 20 bucks, but the artwork looks fucking sensational on it. It looks really good. It's black and white. Um, but yeah, I was, I was considering uh, jumping on that thing while I still have time. Yeah, definitely. I didn't realize it was a Kickstarter. There's an ad for it in the back of something. I don't remember what it was some comic that I've, I've read so many fucking comics now. I couldn't even tell you what yeah. was in the back. It's of in it. the back of the silver coin book actually. Yeah. Oh, that's probably what it was. And yeah. so, um, yeah, but the, it's, so it is, uh, it's just, you know, www.thesleepstories.com and that's where you can read it. And then you can probably also link to the, to the, uh, Kickstarter through that. So, uh, yeah, it's dude, silver coins bomb. I love it. And I'm just hoping because there's huge gaps, right? So the first issue with the band is like in the 70s. And now this is actually the early 90s, which I thought was cool. A nice way for them to say, yeah, it's a summer camp story, but it's not the, the same one that you always know. Because every summer camp story is always in the 80s. And this is not. Yeah, because but, the, the young lady and it's clearly living out like the, the you know, nostalgia of watching old horror films on VHS at home. Yeah. So I'm yeah, which is cool. very cool. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really good book. I definitely would recommend people pick it up. Definitely. Um, I'm gonna let me do one real quick. So 
I, I watched this a while ago and I just haven't had time to work it in. But uh, speaking of comics, I watched The Empty Man. Now, I had serious reservations about this. Uh, I'm a fan of the comic. It's a Cullen Bunn and Vanessa Del Rio. No, Vanessa Del Rey. Vanessa Del Rio. Never mind. Vanessa Del Rey. And um, the, the first miniseries, I think it was six issues, was in 2014. And I liked it. And then it kind of disappeared. Cullen Bunn blew the fuck up. He's got books all over the place. And then in 2018, the second miniseries came out and finished it. And I didn't even know it was coming. Um, it's about a disease that basically it doesn't wipe out the world but it infects the world and there's these fucking weird it's so strange it follows these two cops this man and woman and you start getting people that are just butchering other people and you'll see things like in blood written on the mirror like around the bodies like the empty man made me do it nobody knows what the fucking empty man is there are these fucking insane it's like half humanoid half like giant millipede things that are running around and people are changing into them um and it's all linked to this guy that's in a hospital bed that's hasn't been conscious in years there's this thing where the male cop like takes the, the one of the murders uh, the, the children skinned the mother alive he they hang the fucking skin up and it becomes a doorway and he goes into it he never comes out just really some really huge swings conceptually really like it so i'm like there's no way this is going to translate it didn't translate but david pryor who directed it this is his first feature he did so it's really well done i really liked it and the interesting thing is about there there's a sequence where instead of they they follow one cop and it's a James Badge Dale, he plays uh, James LaSombra. And he's a cop investigating th this murder. And you don't get the pandemic or the, the infection angle in the movie. But we, you get these murders and there's this whole thing where the opening sequence is fucking great. Really good. Um, and there is this like idea that seems to be infecting people. And as Lasombra is investigating this. There's a sequence where he's looking into something. He's in the woods and he sees a large group of people doing some fucking wicked ass wicker man shit. Like it's it's crazy, like giant burning altar and people like chanting and and I realized what what David Pryor did. It's way more like an adaption of a Laird Baron story than it is The Empty Man. And so that made me fucking love it. So if if you read the Empty Man books and you're like, I want to see this adapted exactly, you're you. I mean, it. They take what they can from the books and and use it pretty well, but it's not that. And it has way more of this Laird Baron tone, and it's I I really liked it. Um, the the thing that convinced me to see it when I thought that it was not going to be good is. The score is Christopher Young, who did Hellraiser. I mean, among other things, but, you know, Hellraiser famously with Lustmord. If if you if people out there listen, if you don't know who Lustmord is, the idea of walking into a doorway into some other place, that's what Lustmord does with, with his 
it's it's not music. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it it is amazing. Like I write to it constantly. Sonic like just landscapes, and he just you he opens a door sonically. You walk through it, and 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 so there's a lot of that kind of feel to the movie. And I gotta say, it was a five ninety nine rental on Prime. Totally recommend it. I it's it's long. It's two and a half hours long. But yeah, I mean, I was ready to watch it again. I almost watched it again the second night that I had it. You know, it's a 48 hour rental because I it, it stayed with me. I mean, I was just like, as soon as I realized, oh, he's not really trying to adapt this. He's doing something more in line with like this, the Laird Baron myth. It's not exactly the mythos, but it's the tone. And man, he just, it, it was really cool. So, and, and this, man, is good. this is through, this is through Boom Studios Film Company, correct? Yes. Yeah. And there's the, uh, thank you. Thank you. That was the other thing where, like, so, you know, obviously, famously, Marvel, like, loaned their properties out for years in perpetuity, and it ended up fucking up in the end, right, because now they're Marvel Studios, and they can do what they want, and they can't get certain things back, although I think they probably have it all back by now, but, um, so, Boom, who I love, they actually, this is from Boom studios like they have their film division now apparently and this was their first entry into it and it's a solid fucking entry and i just you know i don't know i i really liked it i think the opening sequence it it breathes the whole movie breathes so it takes its time to develop but i i i think it'll pull anybody in when you get to where that opening lands and then puts you into the rest of the movie i i think people will dig it so there you go i highly recommend it yeah, I just uh, bought the book recently. I'm really looking forward to reading and watching that, the film. Is the book the is it everything? Is it just the first miniseries? That I know of, it's everything. Okay, that's cool. Good. I'm glad they've collected it that way because uh, it was it was kind of. I think it did the story a disservice to have it broken up over you know four years or whatever it was, three years between, and with like I had no inclination it was even coming. So I was like, what a weird ending. And then you know. Um. Yeah. So, Ray, what do you got? Okay. Uh, let's see. What did you mention earlier? Something that you watched that you regretted that I had seen, or or that you something you've mentioned something before we started rolling. Something. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, I can talk about that. Um. I'll come back to something else then later. Uh, I started watching them. I didn't regret it. I oh, regret God. it. I did. <laughs> I don't regret watching it. I haven't finished it. I'm about four episodes in. Um, and I'm logically taking a break at the same point you did. Um, in the four, I think it's four years since we've been doing this podcast. In the four years we've been doing it, I've seen a lot of horror. I don't think I've, in, I've seen a moment quite as fucked up as in the, the, cat, the fourth episode. The cat which, in the bag, is that it? The cat in the bag. That's enough. <laughs> fucked up. Um, there's just so much about that show that is really impressive. Like it's um, one thing is that the uh, and the thing is is that it's okay. Let me go a little bit into the show. It is about this family, a black family that comes from the south um, during the 1950s. Apparently, there was this. Uh, event that was called the great migration and, and, and it's a historical event where a lot of um, black people from the south moved into the west including california and this family moves into a house in um i think it's east compton if i remember correctly which at the time 
was a very white neighborhood. And they're the first black family that moves into that neighborhood. And it really upsets all of their white neighbors. <laughs> um, and if that, and if they didn't have problems enough with their white neighbors and dealing with them, like there's a, there's a moment where like the, 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 the lady across the street, the young lady that's living across the street who's played by Allison Hill, um, goes outside and collects all of her friends to come out and sit in the street in front of her home for an entire day while the wife is unpacking the house and the husband's at work with their radios turned up and just sitting there and staring at the home with sunglasses on sitting there like this. Um, If they didn't have to deal with that already and all this other nonsense is coming at them with their pretty much white racist neighbors who are upset because basically they're the first black people in the neighborhood and also they're it's it's smart because it tells it from both sides that like their problem is is that they're worried about uh you know the neighborhood going down they're worried about the the cost of the homes going down and as one as the you know kind of allison pill is kind of the main uh, antagonist of the family she is already experiencing firsthand within like the first two or three episodes uh white flight because while she's sitting there like we got to stop this we got to we got to fight for our neighborhood and make sure we get these people out um get them out um and i put that in quotation because that's the name of the show but it, it it's really smart um one of her friends a neighbor of hers says like oh well, we're moving and he got great <laughs> ocean so she's already experiencing firsthand like yeah the white flight's gonna happen um but at the same time like they're just so mean to this family and their family is they're just trying to come in and just be people living in a nice neighborhood and and they just are not going to be allowed to by these people and if it wasn't enough that they're going through that with the people there's a supernatural element that they're being like each member of the family is haunted by something and it manifests itself in different ways. So it's a little bit of a haunted house movie, but the spirits follow them around. But some of the more horrible stuff is honestly more of just the human element, like the shit they're dealing with other people or like the terrible scars of of the past that they're having to live live through and remember because of what's happening to them currently and it's really impressive it's very well acted um and it is i mean it's based in history so you can't say like oh that's totally unrealistic that's you know why are they doing this i think it's one of those shows where like clearly they're doing it because they're trying kind of like the um the way that the Watchmen series highlighted the events in Tulsa, it's highlighting this, this event that took place and just reminding people like, yeah, this, this happened. Like this is part of what we're dealing with right now. Um, so it's really good, but man, it's mm, fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really rough. Um, really cool to note Ty West actually directed, I think it's episode eight and episode 10. Just uh, very, very cool. Um, I, after the the cat in the bag, I literally, I after that, I think we watched one episode like every week or ten days. I mean, it would just, I'd watch one, I'd be like, I, I, I just can't. The next day, I'd be like, I can't. I want to know because it's really engaging. It's, it's so well done. Where do you get to the tap dance, man? Oh my fucking god! And apparently, 
Okay, you've seen okay. Uh oh god, god damn. That's like you know, Allison Pill and Pat Healy, who I always love for innkeepers and cheap thrills and yeah, me too. other things. Dude, they are just such fucking scum. It is yeah. it's, oh my god, they're so fucking awful. It's it's like how do you make me hate Pat Healy? I May mean, Allison Pill, I I I, most recently, I remember her from Devs, and she was also fairly unlikable. But like, god yeah. damn! Oh, but it 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 also does it. It kind of it show you're going to see kind of not making an excuse, but you're going to see something that'll kind of sh- give you an idea of maybe why she is the way that she is. Oh no, that's what I meant when I said it. it it's kind of like the interesting thing is that it's kind of trying to take a perspective from. Um, like what makes a human monster? I'm I'm forgetting the name of the. Um, oh, I wish I could remember her name off just off the top of my head. One of the creators uh, of the show is smartly enough is. Um, it's Little Marvin is the showrunner creator. Uh, and then I forget her the other woman's name, but there another one is this. Uh, but they they. They do it in such a way that, like, it's it's smart that you know. It doesn't just make like, oh, she's just evil. She's just wrong. No, that's that's all there is. Cut and dry. That's all there is to it. Yeah, right, right. Christina Ham or Francine Volpe. Character's backstory and her backstory is fucked up, and her backstory is messed up too. So you're like, oh man, like it. It's it 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 really is smart because it. You know, you can't say what what what's going on with the supernatural element. Maybe it's just an evil that exists, but that in either side, there's going like, you know, we can you can't just say someone's evil because yeah, there's a reason why they're coming from. So the answer to the, the solutions are comp are as complicated as as the problems. Yeah, um, and I think that's one of the, th- the smart things that I like about the show is that they're not just like patent you know like oh this is easy to answer this is easy to solve no it's yeah. not it is fucking and it's i think that's one of the things i like i really like about the show is it it is approaches that way agreed it's it's a recommend but i just always tell people like just like anthony's yep. watching it and they're like how far are you anthony third episode you you get it in the fir- in the first by the end of the first episode you already get like oh jesus christ this is gonna make me feel bad <laughs> yeah like ugh, human monsters are the worst monsters. They're, but you know what I want to really hear about? I want to hear about some fucking black roses. Ah, Tori, ah, tell ah, me yeah. about some motherfucking black roses. You gotta watch that. I know it looks cheesy as fuck, but I'm gonna watch it. Give it to me. It's fucking amazing. It is terrible in the best way possible. I mean, yeah, satanic panic. We got metal. We got leather. We got big yeah. <laughs> demons and shit. Yeah. Like what? What else could a girl ask for? Like it's everything. True. It. It's terrible. It, it's pretty much you know it's a, a rock band. It's really a bunch of demons in disguise, and they're spreading the gospel through metal. And metal shows, <laughs> but it's cool because they um, so they're traveling around, obviously trying to spread Satanism through rock shows. But they're smart because they're going to small towns first, 
and giving away tickets. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it, I, that movie knows it's a joke. It plays mm-hmm. up. It, it's not trying to be something it's not. It's a good fucking time. Uh, I definitely would do it as a uh, double feature with Rock and Roll Nightmare. Same director, right? I think it is. It is. It is. Oh my god! It's... Please watch it. Just everybody watch it. I know you're Sean. You're saying you can't get past the trailer. It's it's just so much fun. Just get really high. Listen, you to sold this... me. <laughs> You you know why you sold me? Well, other than Satan, leather, and metal, which I just feel like like you should have written the fucking log line for the movie. Because really, like, if I'm a producer, you're like, okay, you got five minutes or you got five seconds. What's your movie about? Satan, leather, metal. Well, I mean, how do you turn that down? But um, I realize in thinking about the trailer that I attempted to watch and had to fucking turn off because it just, I mean, it just, I think it's the trailer. You know what I mean? Like some trailers, especially from that era, they just do themselves a disservice by just going on and on and on and on, right? So I'll try the movie. I've I've noticed that a lot of like 80s slasher movies, the trailers are like two and a half minutes, three minutes long. and Got a shitty voiceover most of the time. And you're like, okay, keep going. But what's cool about Black Rose is too, you know, it's the parents are like, let's stop the show because their lyrics are horrible. And then, of course, you got the charismatic front man that's like, they're just lyrics, you know, I don't really feel that way. It's great. And you know what your parents have been warning you about for years finally comes true. Listen, right. The one should have listened to them because <laughs> the satanic black roses are coming. And it, what I like to pretty thoughtful, like it's not just hey, we're a bunch of demons exposing themselves to the kids. It's like this little progression. <laughs> Wait, are, they literally, are they literally exposing themselves? <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm sorry. So it's not just about demons exposing themselves to kids. Right. Terrible. The special, the special effects. <laughs> what Dude. These guys look like fucking rubber muppets. <laughs> they transform. <laughs> They're so fucking bad looking. So one but, of the Sopranos is in this movie. I forget which one. Um, fuck, I forget his name. One of Tony's like friends in it. And yeah, he gets fucking eaten by a damn puppet. And it is him. Like, I don't know how he wasn't laughing the whole time. Because he is like literally wrestling with a fucking puppet. And it is. <laughs> best things i've ever seen in my whole life oh vincent pastori yes that's it oh my god big pussies in this are you serious big gets eaten by a puppet a demonic metal puppet again you just kill log lines i mean seriously that big pussy gets eaten by demonic metal puppet how are you not watching that and the music you know is actually pretty good you could be right into some of the hair metal. Oh my god! I, I have no qualms saying that I like the music. <laughs> I think I did like blast some like rat after watching that. Nice. Hey, round and round. What goes around comes around. I'll tell you why. For the black still- roses. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> Titanic panic.
it oh it was so much fun please watch it okay Uh, you've convinced me i didn't think you'd be able to but you did i'm telling you it's in a ray double feature black you just and rock and roll nightmare wow you just read my mind i was just gonna say ray this is so up your alley you don't even know (laughs) no i i'd seen it on there and i was considering it i'll check it out Ray, will you do me a favor and wait to watch it until I'm with you? Sure. I, uh, I want to see you react. I have a feeling we're both going to giggle like little schoolgirls for this movie. That needs to be like our Discord watch with people that listen with us. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Rose is with us. <laughs> yeah, so so we, we have a Patreon, folks. And, and if you join, you can maybe do a watch along the Black Roses with us. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Play your cards. Wow. <laughs> wow, Anthony, what do you got? I uh, I bit the bullet, and for two and a half hours, I gave my time to Zack Snyder, and I watched Army of the Dead. It's two and a half hours long. Actually, it's it's seven hours long, but seven it's only two and a half. Oh, it is it like a billion of Army of the Dead? Ooh. uh it's it's fucking Zack snyder doing zombies again and it's even got a couple of nods to the zombie film he already did are they you know, fat? Well, they yeah. there there are classes of zombies in this film so you have your standard shambler and then you have um the fast zombies which they call alphas and um they also hint at a like a a, a a writhing mass of zombies that that they don't uh, show do anything, which I thought would have been a really cool idea. So the, the story takes place in, in you know the post apocalyptic area of like Las Vegas, where the last of these things are, are kind of like held up. And uh, so at one point, um, you know they they firebond all these things. So there's these big like piles of just bones. And at one point, one of the character goes, "Yeah, you think they're funny now because they're." not moving when it rains they come alive again and i was like oh fuck that sounds cool but you don't see it um really there's like yeah <laughs> you don't see it but it, it's a it's a cool concept that never gets executed he already did all this stuff in in his dawn of the dead remake um like i said even to the point to where he uses richard cheese in the uh the opening credits of the film and i'm like okay well, we've done this bit before um it's it's unfair to uh, Bautista. I can't, I'm sorry, his first name escapes me. Um, Is it David? I think it's David. David, yeah, David Bautista, who can act. And um, Sean, I've actually mentioned this to you before. Like his, his little bit pieces that he's done in, in other films. Uh, Fucking hilarious in yeah. uh, what we do in Shadows and that little cameo he does in one of the oh, episodes. Oh, he, he was on that. I, yeah, I've never seen more of the show. I, I need to go back and revisit that. But uh, again, the film, I mean, it's, it's everybody shooting does perfect headshots. Like, it's just like, it's very video gamey. Um, the story's not all that engaging. It's very tropey. Um, there's one or two interesting, like I said, new ideas that are introduced into the zombie, you know, mythos that we have already. But again, it's all very poorly executed. Um, I didn't hate the movie. Didn't love it. It's just one of those things where it's like, if you've got time to kill, go ahead. It's not not great. It's not 
not amazing. And like, again, it's just recycled stuff that you've already seen. Now, from what, I, what I've heard, there's a bigger picture. And I guess uh, Shonen mentioned that they're going to do a, a television show. I heard there's a Netflix show coming that's going to continue it. And that's going to probably, yeah. I'm assuming, ca- you know, cash in on Wait, some of okay. these. Is it supposed to be kind of funny or is it going more serious? Uh, it's it's funny to some for the, degree. For the movie. Yeah, it's it, funny it, to it, some degree. It's not an all-out comedy or anything. It's like not that. tongue in cheek at all. But it's it there there. So I I watched maybe thirty minutes of it and I I bailed. I I could not fucking stand it. Um, you know, it's it's Zack Snyder first and foremost, and then it's a movie with zombies and actors, and it's just so him. Which you know, uh, there's a lot of directors I love, like David Lynch everything is david lynch first and then you know whatever it is but i don't connect with snyder and and every time i say that i picture schneider from one day at a time and i wish that's what he looked like that'd be so much better but um yeah so so like tool I, belt. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um apparently there's gonna be a netflix show or something and and to that i was just like so you made everybody watch a two and a half hour movie and now there's gonna like I, he also seems like he's trying to be this like everybody else like you know he, like what he, you know his justice league movies fucking what is it four and a half hours long it's just like okay calm oh my god it it just seems so great it seems masturbatory really and, and that's the 30 minutes that i watched that's what it felt like and also i don't mind david batista and what i've seen him in which isn't much but i felt like it was very clear they wished they had gotten the rock and they didn't and so they like i i kept feeling like they were staging him like he was dwayne johnson great great value rock yeah yeah you know and, and it's a shame but i don't know i mean maybe i'll go back and try again there's some things i've heard you say or 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 other people say that apparent tie into aliens possibly somebody told me there's a scene where there's like multiple dimensions and like they're looking at themselves was that in the movie i don't recall that it, no, it sounds a, a lot a... like dead rising the video game you know i mean i texted i i, I think maybe i i said something to you about snyder and i and I, he's just the thing that bugs me um is that even the thing where you were saying that like they talked about older release they're the zombies and they're not alive but if when the rain comes it they, they'll come alive again like it's it's a perfect example of like where he heard something somewhere else yes i'm integrating that in and it'll sound really bitching and it'll sound really cool but he doesn't pay homage to the fact that he stole it from somebody else and and the thing is that like if you've read the not the if you, not the not in the movie but in the book there's a whole story where this girl is talking to the uh, the main character who is this guy sent out from the world uh, United Nations to collect the stories of the people who lived through the zombie apocalypse, and she's in this walking in the snow, and she's telling him her story, and like they're coming upon these frozen zombies in the snow in like Upper Canada, and she's bashing in their heads as she's going, and um, and she says, "Yeah, you have to do this because once the snow melts away and they." They'll come back to life and we have to deal with them again. So we have to do this. I'm sorry, but like the zombie baby that's in Dawn of the Dead. I am sure he saw Dead Alive. Because there's oh, a fucking yeah. 
and it's a lot funnier and you know it would be fine if he like were recognizing like oh this is from somewhere else this is where i got it from but he's trying to pull it off like it's his own and and i think like i said i texted sean about this and i said you know you can see he's part of this league of directors that like grew up loving people like spielberg and lucas and things like that and when i'm gonna make movies they're gonna be badass someday but they he misses the point i think some of the others do too that like you have to do this and you have to do it with heart though so it just it's all it's all fury it's all smoke and mirrors it's there's no heart to it so like you, you don't engage with it you know it's a lot of things stolen from like zombie video games too i mean it makes sense right his movies seem like video games so it, it i mean it's and i feel like they're distinctly for gamers you know nothing that's not derogatory towards gamers and it, it, you know but i'm just saying um yeah you hear me 13 year old punks you want to get served in mortal combat let's go <laughs> what's your handle so they can look you up I yeah don't, I, don't even, you, I don't even know if that's how that works said you're gonna fuck my mom Thank you. I'm just it's buttercup. <laughs> buttercup. Okay. So for any gamers out there that want that want to test their metal against Anthony, look up Buttercup on Mortal Kombat. I don't is that I don't know. That, I, I don't I, I'm, I'm I'm, making all that okay. you can't I don't even hand. know if that I, I I didn't know if that's how that works anyway. So I'm just kidding. Biscuit um, love six nine four twenty. That's Anthony's handle, you guys. Oh my god. <laughs> Um. so uh, i watched the special and um after i watched the special i uh then watched the untamed and the special it's good it's body horror it's american maybe it was a mistake for me and i actually uh, but i no no i, I did it i did write a cinerate so it's 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 a perfect double feature with the untamed but that being said if you're going in to watch the special, it, it's a very clear metaphor about drug addiction. It is a it is a, it is it is a pool that you're dipping into, but in Untamed, by comparison, is a lake you're jumping into. It's it's about a group of people, and there's an alien, and uh, it is a tentacled alien, and they're fucking the alien, but it's not as simple as it makes them, it, they enjoy the sex because it also removes their feeling of emptiness and gives them um, a sense of uh, uh, serenity and calm that they don't have in their lives. And it has so it's a like lot- like sex addiction. Yeah, and it, and, but it has a lot to do with their, the truth of their lives and, and a lack of connection with other people. So, it's definitely worth a watch. It's a great film. Um, it is foreign, but uh, it's definitely on par with like Tigers Are Not Afraid or if you're a person that was brave enough as I have been to check out We Are the Flesh. Mm-hmm. It's on par with that. Uh, which is, you know, to say that it's somewhat messed up, but good. But it, it's but, Is it like We Are the Flesh has that surprise where it's like, oh shit, they're actually, this is actual sex. Like, is that how? <laughs> no. I, I, the reason I say that is because of the subject matter it's dealing with. Okay. Like, I'm just to give people a warning, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. The subject matter it's dealing with. It's not real sex. I mean, like, it's, it's clearly a, a, a fake alien. And, like, okay. but I mean, there's also depictions of, like, people having sex with each other. And, well, that's like, more what I was, like, wondering. I don't know. I don't think that the. I mean, sex- well, let's put it this way. We are the flesh. There's no doubt. Because there's, like, a shot where it's, like, I mean, it must be the guy, you know, it's like erect penis going into woman's mouth. Like, there's no studio magic. It's it's yeah. what it is, right? <laughs> oh. But it is. But we I spent mean- our whole budget putting the CGI <laughs> dick in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody spent the money on, on Untamed. Someone spent the money to have a tentacle alien putting a tentacle into, into a person's mouth. So you and you see it and you're like, God damn, they're really showing that. It's like it's like looking at uh, a realistic version of tentacle porn from uh, like an anime. Like, yeah, it's like damn. a hentai. <laughs> wow. It happened. Hey, but um, Ray, what did you think? Like, not to give anything away, the ending though of the special. That uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, okay. It really plays into the metaphor and like. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's not really, giving anything away. From I understood what you meant when you like it, it, you were like, oh, it got gross and it kind of bothered me. Yeah, um, and I once I got there, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. I kind of got giddy. I was like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. I know what this is already? Ah, oh, shit. The movie gets uh, pretty toward the end. It is nasty. <laughs> Definitely, uh, it's like Fatal Attraction. How Fatal Attraction, you know, warned you about the AIDS crisis in the eighties. It's kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, one other thing, uh, just to cut two more things really quick. One is uh, a mention they do they they put a whole bunch of things on Shutter, including American American Wolf in London, but they also put on Eve's Bayou, <clears throat> which. If you haven't seen Eve's Bayou, watch it and go watch it. It is a fantastic movie. It deserves more eyes to see it. It is a great film. It's not per se horror. It is got it is American Gothic, but man, is it good! It's such mm-hmm. a song. It is so you want to make good. it homework for the next uh, episode where we all watch Eve's Bayou? I'm good. But I'll rewatch that film. I don't care. It's great. well, you saw it. I'm. I'm really. I mean, if you. You just watched it, so I mean, I haven't I'll, seen it. Anthony, have you seen it? No. It's Would you not be interested in watching it? Yeah, sure. It, it's cool. like a good drama. I saw this movie when it came out years ago, and I loved it. I it's just a really good American movie that, like Ray, it hasn't gotten a lot of love. It's um, like Journey Smollett. It's her first movie role. She's oh, okay. Five, six. She's fucking amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and female director. Like, how many times do you get to hear that? Wow, and it was nineties, okay. which is super impressive that a, a black female was able to pull off this movie in the nineties. It's it's almost like um, I don't know if you guys ever like read or watched like House of the Spirits, where it's a family drama with mm-hmm. kind of supernatural element in it. Okay. Oh, and then the last thing I wanted to mention is just a reminder for everybody. It is June, so it's Pride Month. Uh, so check out some queer horror. There's a lot of good stuff. I knife mean, and Heart. Yeah, I was gonna say Knife and Heart. Knife and Heart. I recommend that enough. It's a fantastic film. 
Um, there's Spiral, which is on Shutter. That's a I great one. Watch that. Yeah. Spiral is great. That's a good one. Oh, Spiral is great. You're right. There's uh, Lyle. Uh, there's The Quiet Room, which is a short film that's on Shutter. That's really good. Um, so yeah, they've actually got a list. They've actually created a list right there on the page, on like the homepage of queer horror. So there's a lot of good stuff to check out and watch. And like you know, it's the perfect month for it. Why not? You know, yeah. if you step out of your comfort zone, like Knife Plus Art is a great film, but you do have to step out of your comfort zone and be prepared. Like it's it's, but it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's step- it's fantastic. Anthony, any any closing? Anything you're looking forward to coming out? blu-ray release wise or comics or any anything else you want to throw in uh two moons real fast yeah talk about some two moons real fast uh i, I have this is issue three i have not had a chance to watch issue three fuck <laughs> this is good uh it's a uh, horror set in uh civil war times it is about a young native american man who is forced to fight for the confederacy and um uh, basically has the ability to see demons on the battlefield. So, uh, I mean, you, you, you see that there's some, some guys out there that have these like, uh, almost like a blood rage while they're out there killing. And then they get around to revealing themselves at some point. Very fucking creepy shit. Yeah. Um, not to mention like just all the different like race relation problems that, that are better <laughs> happening at the same time um, because he's native American and it's it's just a phenomenal the fucking storytelling in this is fantastic the artwork yeah. is fantastic it's incredibly well written very fucking cool stuff it's kind of hard to come by i don't feel like a lot of people are talking about it and i feel like out of i've been reading a lot of the, its image puts it out a lot of these like you know out of a lot of these horror miniseries that are out right now or have been out in the last year or two i really like this one. i mean there's a lot of them that i like yeah. but this one like i don't know where it's going you know, the, the, the character, Two Moons, Native American, but he was raised by white people. So he doesn't even yeah. know. So he's in like, um, he, he's he's with another soldier picking up or dropping off, a, dropping off a wounded soldier. And he sees like his grandfather. Yeah, he but sees his corpse. Yeah. And it and then it talks to him, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's and basically says like, you don't understand you're like you have this gift like i'm i'm a shaman and you have it and it's it's just it's really good and the fucking demons or creatures whatever the fuck they are that masquerade themselves as men are really fucking creepy there's some creepy fucking imagery in it i I just really i would very much recommend it i think a lot of people are going to have trouble finding the issues so there'll be a trade obviously and it's it's definitely worth picking up absolutely uh phenomenal storytelling Again, killer artwork. Just fuck. If you can find it, buy it. It's really good. I'm so glad you brought up Two Moons because when I was like, oh, I got your number four, I forgot. I also have for you, dude. So Ed Piscor or Pisker, I don't know, Red Room. Oh my God, this is fucking so amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, Fantagraphics puts it out and it's huge for them. Like I always see them listed with their solicitations and, and it's stuff that I don't normally see in the comic shop where it's not prominently displayed. This, like there was a fucking, like just a vat of them and they, they're, it's selling. It is a book. He worked with Ed Pisker. Apparently he's more, it's, he worked with Harvey Peek, Peeker. It's, it's or pick. I don't know how to say his name, but at some Peacock. point I'm not. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I'm not that familiar with him, but it's that like 
I don't really know what you call the style. Um, it's a thick book and it's basically about red rooms are basically snuff dark web channels and people pay and, and you get a lot of these scenes of people like, killing in their kid they have stars this network it's like a network channel in the dark room that has these stars and they dress you know they have different like avatars they call it so they're dressed in different costumes and they fucking murder people it's and like hostile meets the running man <laughs> did you have you re- have you read it no i just like that <laughs> oh dude it it's it is I, I love it. And usually like snuff stuff is not like it usually really gets to me. There's something about the way this is done. And I'm just the dark web fascinates me, but repels me at the same time. It, this is so good. It's so I think it's the good. art I, style. I think it's the art style because it's kind of crumb, you know? Yes, crumb. That's so, exa- so it's, it's very yeah. crumb. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really good though. It's creepy as fuck. And just I love, I, I just I loved it. So I can't wait for the next issue. Tori, yeah, anything. Um, last thing is I, I finally watched Found. <sighs> oh my god! Speaking of erect uh, phalluses yeah. <laughs> and bowling balls. Oh my god! I can't. Um, what a great fucking movie! It is, but man, it stayed with me in ways I I didn't care for. <laughs> yeah. Is- but it, oh man, it. Yeah, I, I can, but it, that movie, I, I just sat there even after it finished with just my mouth open, like, what the fuck? So fucking good. It, it's just yeah. nice to have a, a different kind of horror story. And I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, especially, you know, us or, you know, listeners can relate to it when you're growing up, especially liking horror. I've always had someone look at me and say, you're a fucking weirdo. You know, oh, why do you like all this gore? You're going to end up being a serial killer, etc." So I don't know, that kind of touched me watching that and getting that from them. And then just the bond that sibling can have, whether it be good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like watching like that and saint Maud recently just maybe that's why i wasn't a fan of conjuring three i've been watching like these great movies that are up here so unfortunately everything else kind of falls to the wayside dude that's valid so that's like what i was saying about conjuring three where it's like it's three stars it's good at what it is which is like a hollywood horror movie but it i mean and found is something i don't know that i can recommend it to, my friend missy's been asking about it and i was like uh uh-huh. and she, i was like go back and listen to our episode and she listened to it she's like y'all loved it i don't understand <laughs> she's like you spoke so highly of it i'm like it's a really good movie i would but, definitely recommend it uh, i again it's like to me martyrs it's not you know hey watch this and feel happy <laughs> you know um but uh, yeah, that's a great fucking movie. Yeah, it is. It's, even just the animation at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, like, holy cow, this is like really broad. And like the whole opening line, my brother has a head in his closet. You're like, what? What? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Brilliant yeah. movie. Please, you guys, whoever's watching, like listening to this, watch it. 
again, it's not fun. It's not, it's not black roses, but, <laughs> but it's a great fucking movie. So maybe watch found and then watch black roses. Yeah. It's your palate cleanser. Yeah, maybe that seems like that might be a good thing. Or, yeah. I wrote a I wrote a scenario about that. So like, I, it, my double feature for that was random acts of violence, and I said for fear for for fear, further viewing, maybe check out Maniac, uh, the original, and uh, um, uh, Henry. Definitely Henry Maniac though, those two movies fuck me up because I almost feel sorry for them. Maniac mm-hmm. definitely like it, Maniac doesn't bother me yeah. the way the the other movies do. I don't know why. I, I couldn't tell you why, but it doesn't bother me. Maniac does in the remake because it makes me feel sick in certain points, the way he's moving, you know, when he gets that blurred vision. But I'm, it's definitely a compliment. But yeah, those movies definitely, and even found kind of makes you a little sympathetic to somebody that's this fucking monster. Yeah, uh, I, I wasn't very sympathetic toward the brother, especially when it when it gets to his reasoning. I didn't care. I thought I thought that was the misstep in the movie, actually. Where I was yeah, like, that pulled wait. me out of it. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this on that episode. When we watched it. It's like, wait, what? I yeah, that. I know what you're talking about. That threw me through a loop because I didn't see that coming. Well, and it just didn't. I don't know. It just seemed like it's so uninspired. based. You're expecting somewhat something much more profound, and it's so base. In nature, like in nature, what what he he goes to for reasoning, where you're just like, really, like, yeah, you're just a fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're a dumb, just redneck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so on that note, let's wrap it. So we'll be back soon with another episode. But for now, for the horror vision, I'm Slime Pit Sean. I am Annabelle Anthony. Sorry, I can't. How do you top that? <laughs> reaper. What is it? Raper. Re- what? The Reaper. Not the Raper. The Reaper. <laughs> Tune in next week for my review of Lords of Salem. You're <laughs> <laughs> just going to tease that forever. Yes, we'll get forever. it out of you. I'm you totally going to do it forever. It's, you I, loved it. That's going to be a new bit. Chinese <laughs> democracy of the horror vision is his fucking take on Lords of Salem. And it's funny, it's like right when Anthony said Satan, Ray's screen started to flash. <laughs>